faith and the role the faith our faith plays in the midst of the pandemic situations that we are living through so a few basics why did we have this pandemic what is the reason why are we going through this turbulent phase there are a lot of people who believe that the pandemic was caused by natural reasons there are so so many uh, causes put forth it came out of the lab in wuhan as uh, this happened that happened lots of conspiracy theories going about there is a second reason a more important and a primary reason it is supernatural uh, again here there are so many uh, reasons so many uh, people having different opinions why do we have this pandemic uh, one we see pandemic as we could see the pandemic could be uh, as god's judgment in the bible we read so many cases when god had brought about plagues on the land when the land had immense sin when the sin of the land was complete god had sent plagues we see that when the people of the land did not appreciate when even god's people did not live as how god wanted them to live they were not uh, taking care of widows they were not taking care of how the country was being run when they were so comfortable living in their own isolated selves sometimes when sin was complete god sent down plagues many times there was lots of war that uh, was used as judgment by god and plague was also used by god to judge sometimes even his people so if we believe that uh, this pandemic what we go through is a result of the action from god then it behooves us to realize that policies and vaccines they will not really fix it they are addressing the fruit the root issue if this is a spiritual issue if this is an act of god unless we fix the root addressing the fruit is going to have limited value so we need to respond to god we need to understand god's heart and we need to fix the root issue and not just respond to the virus of course we have to maintain all the precautions of course we have to ensure that we stay safe but again the complete answer will be to respond to god and not just superficially to the virus so what has been the common responses we see today there are people who deny that uh, there is uh, a pandemic in place people say that vaccine is a, a big conspiracy brought about by the big pharma companies there are people who only look at themselves they look at self preservation they hold all those things that are needed for their survival and they do not look beyond what they need and what they want so there is self preservation also going on and there are some people who have been defiant they are so angry they so oppose the uh, pandemic and uh, sometimes uh, they uh, do so uh, at a great threat to their own lives there are people who turn to religion people who blindly follow religion who become uh, uh, too religious in the sense they have become hypocritical they say that uh, pandemic is not not going to touch them uh, whatever they do even if they don't uh, take care of the basic precautions they are going to be safe 
there are another group of people who wait for the right leader to emerge they believe that through this pandemic there'll be a very strong leader he would lead them he would give them the answers and uh, when such turbulent or times of uh, trouble comes in uh, the right leader will emerge and a major portion of the people today they are feeling powerless and they are paralyzed they see wave after wave of wave of the pandemic and they don't know what to do and they really feel so powerless but in the midst of all this reactions so many things are variables we don't know what where uh, what is going to happen to our money we don't know what's going to happen to our time there are so much of things that we cannot take for granted at all things are shifting there's so much of variables but in the midst of all these variables what are the constants the first constant is god and his plan for the ages god was not taken by surprise by this pandemic god very well knew each and every aspect of how this pandemic is going to roll out god is in control there is absolutely no doubts about it god is in control though we might not clearly see god's hand in this but we can never doubt god and his plan for the ages this is a constant it cannot change the other constant is the devil trying to destroy and deceive even today we see the devil in action trying to deceive people trying to demoralize and trying to lie his way through this pandemic and create confusion this again is a constant we can't expect the devil to change his strategy who are we we are nobility we are not ordinary people though we belong to the kingdom of god we are nobility we are ambassadors of god we are people who are called to rule with christ we are that that is a constant that will not change though we might have pain and suffering and lot of issues in our life it does not change that we are nobility we are called to be his chosen vessels of honor we are nobility another constant is that god works in the midst of this pandemic through his power and through the application of his principles if we are positioned to receive his power and if we know that his principles where it is broken where it is not being applied and choose to work with his principles then we will also be positioned to receive from him and get rewarded so what are our options in the time of this pandemic the first option is that we could deny that there is a pandemic and fight we see it in the example of king zedekiah and uh, jeremiah when even after repeated warnings zedekiah lived in denial he did not believe what god revealed through jeremiah he chose to believe in his own false sense of security so that is one option we can uh, choose to believe what people say we can choose to believe what the media say and we can uh, try to fight from a position of weakness this is one option the second option is claiming privilege without knowing what god is doing without realizing what god's will is if we blindly claim privilege without exercising our responsibilities if we hold on to our rights 
if we say that say example psalms 118:14 says i will live and not die if we blindly claim privilege even that is not an effective strategy sometimes there has been results when people repented corporately we see in the case of nineveh when the entire city repented they put on sackcloth and ashes and cried out to god and god relented but today do we do we see that corporate repentance happening do we see each and every part of for example chennai each and every street nook and corner repenting and crying out to god that is not happening so that again is not an effective option sometimes individuals very strong powerful champions repent on behalf of a nation we see that in the case of daniel we see that in the case of abraham they have been they they stood in in, in for an entire nation and they cried out to god and they were able to bring about change but today do, do we see such large spirited people who speak with god face to face and have that earned authority to stand on behalf of a nation on the other aspect god also says in ezekiel chapter 14 even if noah or daniel were to be there in the time of immense sin in a nation he says even at that point of time they will save only their own souls they will not save anybody else today we see rampant corruption we see violence we see idolatry we see adultery everywhere we go today we see lots and lots of sin and iniquity happening all around the lens and breadth of our country so in this case do we have that spiritual authority to stand in the gap to stand and ask god to change his plans for the entire nation so that again i think would not be an option now so what is the right option what can we do what is it that we can do that will make an impact so my belief is that we can individually adopt a course of action we can individually ensure that we contribute incrementally step by step bit by bit we contribute to god's furthering of his kingdom uh, in jeremiah 29 29:4 that's what uh, the prophet asks the people of israel so even if you are taken to another nation you are taken as slaves you build houses you uh, look for jobs you settle down you grow you become prosperous so he's asking every person to individually take a course of action he's not asking them to come together and fight he's not asking them to come together and go back to the place where they came from but he says individually do something so today also i think that is a viable option for us to individually adopt a course of action that will result in uh, a change in the kingdom of god so what should be our strategy i'll just like to leave a few thoughts here design trumps external pressures design that is such a rich word everybody has a design god has uniquely fashioned us he has uniquely fashioned each and every experience each and every skill each and every day that we go through he has planned it meticulously but are we aware of it do we know what god's plan is for our life whether we are 20 years old whether we are 80 years old what is god's design for us even when we build a small house 
we have a blueprint and we build according to that blueprint we don't build just like that even if it's a company an organization every year we do financial planning we have budgets we don't blindly do things just like that how much more precious is our life does our life have a plan and a purpose does our life has have a blueprint yes do we know that do we know what's what god's design is for our life if we have to define our life in two sentences if we have to uh, uh, write down where we see ourselves in 5 years 10 years 20 years time we need to really think deeply about what god's design is for us what is his blueprint what is the blueprint for me for my wife for my family for my community what is it that god expects me to do without knowing what god's plan is for us we will be clueless we'll be lost we will be uh, doing things without any real meaning to it so if we need to contribute meaningfully in this time and season we need to know we need to ask god what our design is what his blueprint for our life is because even though there are a lot of pressures even though people try to push us down even though there's a lot of challenges in our workplace financial challenges pressures targets deadlines design always trumps design always comes through if we do not know god's design then we lose out a huge lot in our life the second thing is no poverty when poverty i don't mean financial poverty many times we have this poverty mentality we have a poverty spirit wherein we think less of ourselves once we know what god's blueprint is we have to see us as how god sees us whenever we see us less than how god sees us then we are giving room to this poverty to come into our lives we should see ourselves as his noble subjects we should see ourselves as how our king sees us if we see ourselves as less than then we are opening the doors for the poverty spirit to come through god is a rich god he has been so abundant so amazing in all his creations he has given us so much choices he has given us so much diversity but if we fail to realize that we serve a rich god if we see ourselves as something of an accident or someone who's just blindly aimlessly going forward without any uh, a plan or purpose then we lower ourselves and give room for the poverty to come in so every day we need to exercise ourselves we need to declare and positively uh, shout out that we are rich that we have an amazing god a god of diversity so maybe end of day if we can uh, when we lie down to sleep if we can think of occasions where we had diversity in our life for instance if i have to uh, uh, if i have to uh, go to my office there are 10 different ways i can go to my office if i have to buy something i have 10 different options choices if i am thinking about the richness of god the choices i have the diversity that is there in my life there will not be any room for poverty we need to understand we serve a rich god and there is no room for poverty in our lives personal inventory we need to take a personal inventory what is our strengths what is our weakness 
what is our likes what is our dislike what is it we have with us what is our experience what is our skill set we need to have a personal inventory because many times we see ourselves as less than we see ourselves as people who have nothing because we don't know what we have in our with us so we need to do the step very importantly and very uh, immediately as well first fruits are we giving our first fruits to god we do we do give our first fruits of our finances maybe uh, the first salary we give to god anything that we receive first we give to god but critically the first fruits of time the very first thing we get up and do in the morning is it we check our whatsapp messages is it we read the newspaper or is it we spend time with god the first fruits of time we need to give it to god for the entire day to be blessed first fruits of our emotions when we are so happy when we are so sad whom do we share it with when there's a happy news do we call our family and tell them that this is what happened or do we first tell god first fruits of everything belongs to god we have to have it as a habit any emotion any joy or sorrow or uh, anything that we experience first we have to share with god power versus principles god demonstrates its powers on and off yes he is a powerful god he is the king of kings but most of the times it is through principles that he works with us if a, if if a car has to move from point a to point b there are thousands of principles that are applied for the car to achieve that motion in the same way there are so many principles that god has placed in the word of god if we understand those principles and apply in our day to day life principles that govern relationship principles that govern our finances principles that govern our uh, relationship with god so we have to study each and every one of those principles if i have uh, a financial trouble it means that i have failed to apply the financial principles god says do not be a debtor if i go and get into a debt and get into a financial mess it is because i broke that principle that was there in the word so everything is about principles god has given all the principles we need for life and godliness in the word of god and if we understand all the principles if we understand where we are breaking those principles and where we have to apply those principles then our life will be completely transformed so let us study these truths if we have a problem in the work let us look at all those scriptures that talk about work and find out the truths take it out and apply it in our lives and see where it takes us so i just like to leave you with three questions so the first question is what is in my hands this is a question that uh, god had asked moses he said what is in in your hand moses just had a stick uh, if you look at the story of moses god miraculously uses moses uh, lots of uh, uh, plagues we see and finally moses is there in the uh, before the red sea on one side there is the entire uh, stretch of waters on the other side we have the egyptians chasing them and moses is clueless so he asked god lord what what is it that i should do what do you want me to do and if you see god's response there it it may sound strange he god just says why are you asking me but god has been guiding moses god has been instructing moses and now in this in this place god says why are you asking me see 
God had taught Moses a lot of principles. God had been with Moses every step and Moses was in a place where he knew the character of God and God expected Moses to apply those principles and truths that he had learned. So at that point of time, Moses could have done anything. Instead of asking God, he could have called forth for uh, uh, a plague of uh, uh, grasshoppers or he could call forth for darkness. He could have called forth for any of uh, what God had done earlier. But Moses turned to God. And you, you look at even after crossing the Red Sea, they have the battle with the Amalekites. So Amalekites are trying to uh, put Israel down. And in this instance, you see that Moses understood what God wanted him to do. And he clearly instructs his people, lift my hands up. As long as his hands are lifted up, they are winning. So at this point of time, Moses did not ask God, what do you want me to do? So he quickly uh, took things into his hands and he extended a principle. He saw victory. So today, what is in our hands? What do we have? Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a skill. It's a talent. Whatever we have in our hands, God asks us this question today. What is in my hand today? And that is what God will use to mightily bless and uh, bring deliverance to his people. Moses had his, the stick in his hands. So today, what is in our hands? This is a crucial question. What is my specific enemy? Paul clearly states, we fight not against flesh and blood. So if my enemy, who is my enemy? I need to define what am I fighting against? I cannot fight shadows. I cannot fight a nameless, faceless enemy. What am I fighting against? If my enemy has an Aadhaar card, then that's not my enemy at all. That's why I'm saying, instead of who is my specific enemy, I'm saying, what is my specific enemy? Some things are so uh, frustrating for us. We have absolute hatred. It, may, it might be a small thing. We feel so irritated about it. For, for instance, in my case, one of my pet hates is uh, when people are not treated well in the companies, in organizations, when people are treated as resources. I even hate the term human resources. Every person has a design. We cannot treat them as a resource. So that is my pet hate. So in this case, each and every person needs to understand what specifically irritates us or what is so disliking, what we feel so uh, 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 so grating, we feel that we have to do something about it. So we need to define that specific enemy, what God has called, caused us to fight against. So that is something that we have to define. And the third question I'd like to leave with is what is my strategy? So what am I going to do about it? I know what I have in my hands, what skills I have, what treasures I have within me, what uh, uh, work or what resources I have in my hands and where should I direct it? Who is my enemy? What am I fighting against? Now I know what I have and what I'm up against. So what is my strategy? What am I supposed to do? So we need to ask God. We need to bring out from us what is hidden into us, the latent potential, the gifts that is inside of us, the treasures, the anointing, the mantles that are there in our lives. We need to bring it out. We need to work with God, understand the strategy, what he is calling us to do and execute the strategy to ensure that we make a difference wherever we are in the marketplace that we live in. So these are three questions that I would like to leave with you. Please think it through. 
uh, I would also like to uh, reinforce these things. Design. We need to know what God's blueprint for our life is. Without knowing who we are in Christ, we will be lost. And we need to never, ever, ever embrace a poverty spirit. Every situation, no matter whether it's a wall that is against us, we see no options before us. There are always choices. God is a rich God, creative God, a God of diversity. We need to never forget this truth. We need to make a personal inventory. What is there in our life? What are our skills? What are our plus? What is our strength? We need to have a personal inventory. We need to write it down. Just mental calculation will never do. And first fruits, especially first fruits of time, first fruits of our emotions, we need to share that. And uh, principles, power comes in our lives on and off, but principles are there forever. We need to know these truths, mind these truths, weave these truths together and ensure that we always move forward. So these questions are, uh, please think it through. What is in my hand? Who is my, or what is my specific enemy? And what is my uh, strategy? So uh, these are just, just some uh, thoughts that I would just like to leave with you. Uh, please think it through. And uh, uh, I, I really hope that the Holy Spirit would minister to us all week through and give us the grace and strength we need. Let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, new work week. Thank you, Father, for your grace, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Master God, you have called us, each and every one of us here today, Master God, to fill us with your presence. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace, for your wisdom, for your counsel, for your favor. Master God, you have richly blessed us. You have given us everything we need. We don't have to depend on people. We don't have to depend on money. We don't have to depend on anything else. Everything we need for life and godliness, it is there inside of us. You are opening our eyes to see the resources you have placed in our lives. You are giving us, Lord Jesus, the discernment to bring out all the hidden potential that is there in our lives. Thank you, Father. Lord, as you ask this question, what is in our hands? You are helping us think and leverage, Lord Jesus, all those things that we that are there in our lives we have failed to see so far. Lord, thank you, Jesus, for helping us celebrate, Lord Master, you all days of our lives, Lord, to uh, share the first fruits of our emotions, of our time, and build, Lord Jesus, a life of greatest intimacy with you. Thank you, Father, for helping us see what we are fighting against. We are people who are noble subjects. We will not, Master God, fight meaninglessly. We will fight, Lord Jesus, for the glory of your kingdom. We will lift your banner high and engage, Lord Jesus, to win, to succeed, to be victorious in all that we do. Thank you, Father, for uh, helping us, Jesus, to have the right strategy. You are the master strategist. Lord, there is no one who can, who can go above you in wisdom. You are the most wise, and you are imparting that wisdom into our lives. As we read in James, Master God, first chapter, you are Lord who gives abundantly when we ask for your wisdom. Thank you, Jesus. You are giving us that wisdom. You are giving us, Lord Jesus, your heavenly perspectives and revelations. Thank you, Father, for filling us, Jesus, today. As we go away, Lord Master, this entire week, we are going to see, Lord Jesus, that difference that your presence makes in our lives. Thank you, Father. Thank you for ministering to us. And thank you, Jesus. Even as we go back to our workplaces and wherever we go, Lord Jesus, we have, Lord Master, your grace, your supernatural empowerment that always, 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 Lord, helps us move forward. Thank you, Father, for your promise. 
Thank you, Father, for your favor. We bless you. We cover every one of us with your blood from head to toe. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.